Who is your daddy and what does he do? Always be closing. Always be closing. Hello and welcome to the Young Recruiter Podcast. My name is Matthew Pope and thanks for tuning in. This is the first ever episode, first ever episode of a podcast I've ever produced as well. So monologuing going to be difficult. You'll have to bear with me at times. I'm sure I'll get a lot better as we go along. But to give a bit of context about who I am and my reasons for starting up a podcast in the first place, I'm a sales manager. I work for a mid-sized recruitment firm. We specialize in IT. We work across Europe. So I'm 24 years of age, currently have a team of five individuals who are based in a London office and we are currently um, expanding, currently setting up and currently looking towards improvement. At the moment I find myself in an environment where I don't have somebody regularly teaching me so as a way to constantly learn and to keep thinking about my job and how I can get better and testing myself and challenging myself I decided to start producing this podcast to get a bit of an a bit of a better look in and an in-depth dive into various key topics across recruitment. It's going to be specifically looking at IT and specifically tending to focus on those areas rather than uh, a more generic view. I'm not going to pretend to know the ins and outs of I'm only 24 and don't know the ins and outs of various other industries. Obviously, a vast number out there: finance, payroll all sorts of different um, uh, styles of recruitment across all of those industries. So mostly it's going to try and be as holistic as possible, but in uh, in some cases we'll find some topics that don't necessarily translate super well. So you'll have to bear with me in those moments, but uh, I hope you'll stick along for the ride. So uh, the opening topic of discussion, uh, as Lewis Carroll says, to begin at the beginning, so that's a registration obviously we could actually jump back and say well you know the very beginning is sourcing sourcing such a huge topic so many different possible avenues into into beginning it i think possibly too broad of a topic to begin with too uh diverse you've got databases you've got linkedin uh you've got github You've got um, just phoning people up in the conventional method, sending them messages, sending them emails, sending them texts. So diverse, so uh, complex and and nuanced to start off with and just say, oh, we're going to have a general in-depth look at sourcing. Probably not going to be that informative. So instead, by way of an introduction to myself and uh, and two registrations, the very first stage in getting to know any candidate who you are looking to guide through the process of being hired by one of your clients. Um, I thought I would do it from uh, the perspective of registering myself while simultaneously going in-depth in each of the questions that uh, I typically uh, employ in registrations. and. Going throughout this, there's obviously going to be uh, areas which I miss, and that is the purpose of doing this podcast to an extent to learn more from uh, you, the listener. If you have any feedback, if you have any information you can pass on to myself, I'm only 24. I'm, as I mentioned, doing it as a learning exercise, doing it as a way of you know improving myself and, and really sort of saying, oh, well, yeah, I, I don't actually know uh, as much as I need to in this area. I'm not an expert at this particular thing. I really need to go away. This Doing the podcast has highlighted it to me. And obviously there's going to be a bit of pre-research 
per topic going to say, oh, well, if I'm going to talk about this for an extended period of time, I should probably have some uh, notes, some, some you know, detailed thoughts compiled about how I'm going to approach the topic, what key areas I'm going to cover off, and thereby what key areas need to be covered off whenever you're doing, in this case, you know, a registration. So once we've got the candidate context, obviously extremely important. If you know that you're going into the call with information that says, oh, the candidate isn't actively looking, but maybe you've messaged them regarding a particular opportunity, or you've got in touch with them and hooked their interest, gained their attention by saying, oh, I have this particular opportunity. I've had a look at your profile, your CV, um, and you look like you could be an excellent match for it, hence why I think I should be giving you a call. Now, uh, in, in fact, I'm already going to caveat myself. That's not necessarily the best way to go into things. If you want, uh, I suppose, to sell things in a in an effective manner, one wouldn't necessarily go in and say, oh, I found your profile and you look like you could be a good match for a position that I have available, because that's that's saying to the candidate, you can help me. Uh, whereas we want to help them. We have an excellent opportunity available for them. We really think it's going to change their life. We really think it's going to uh, improve things for them. Their current situation, perhaps maybe they're traveling too far. Maybe uh, they're not getting as paid as much as they should. Maybe they're not getting the progression that they're looking for. And this opportunity can really uh, offer that to them. And therefore, they should hear us out and, uh, and go through the registration with us. So context very dependent. I mean, sometimes you'll just get candidates, of course, who are, are actively looking and say, I'm out of work. Um, I was made redundant. Uh, my project came to an end and they didn't have another project to move me on to. So rather than go on to the bench, I decided to leave the organization and move on. Bench of a consulting organization, uh, common common uh, it's subsector or not subsector, common area within IT for uh, our, our types of clients. So that'll be something which I probably refer to frequently as well. So initially, obviously, you're going to ask about the, what the candidate's current situation is. So that's a very broad question. What's your current situation? So it's going to get more if we don't already have this information, it's going to find out, you know, why are you actively looking? Are you actively looking in the first place? Or, you know, from the context of the message, do you know that you have the specific opportunity for them? And that's why they're interested. So if they have been made redundant, then how did that come about? Is it uh, budget cuts? Did the company not uh, hit its targets for the previous year, so they had to lay off the most recently hired employees, etc. So, what's your current situation? And then, if they're still employed, or, or if they're referencing a previous employment, what was your role within your last company or your current company? What kind of uh, responsibilities do you have? Uh, what is your exact job title? What does that involve? Etc. And then, to really now again, the order of these questions, not necessarily something that uh, is fixed. Definitely, if you find a way works best for yourself, if you find you've been having success with ans asking these questions in a particular pattern, again, highly context dependent, based on the message that you sent over to them in the first place, really going to depend on, uh, on how you want to structure your whole conversation, and that can be crucial. So by all means if you have any suggestions to say oh as a as a heuristic as a typical method for 
organizing these questions and and uh, and finding out this information this is the structure that I find to be best or this is the flow that I find to be uh, the most effective in terms of garnering information and uh, structuring the remainder of your questions around that information and best being able to then pitch back your opportunity that you have in mind assuming you haven't already gone in with all the details then uh, by all means suggest it to me by all if you've got a if you've got, this isn't by no means a fixed uh, a, a fixed order of questions for sure so uh, just to get that point across as well. So then uh, current role in your company or your, your, your previous role, and where do you see yourself within three or five years time? Generic question, obviously recruiters are gonna be asking this all the time, but what it's really doing is obviously finding out about a particular candidate's interests, you know, in the case of development, let's say we're speaking to a mid-level developer, what are their aspirations? Do they want to become uh, a senior level developer and then uh, and then a lead developer? Do they uh, want to s become more of an architect and, and approach m development and, uh, and the IT pros, uh, the IT structure um, more holistically? Do they want neither of those things and want to perhaps pull away from uh, the technical side of IT and simply use that as an in to get, then get themselves into project management where they can use their IT skills and IT knowledge um, from uh, the perspective of helping those uh, within the project and encouraging them and uh, better understanding deliverables and how quickly we can expect things to come back to the customer, the client, etc. Um, and then in reference to that, you know, those potential different career paths, maybe they're, maybe they're looking to retire, maybe they're at the end of their career. Um, but if they were looking to progress, we say, you know, what, how realistic is that within your current company? What can you expect from the organization that you're at at the moment? Is it too much to ask for them to progress you to the position that you want to be? in three to five years time. Is that something that is realistic? Is it something that's possible? If not, perfect. Our company that we have available really can meet your needs. In the vast majority of cases, there's going to be um, an upgrade in terms of package. It's going to be an improvement, No one, unless you're out of work, of course, in which case you're more open to uh, taking jobs with a higher level, uh, a lower level of scrutiny. Uh, a lower level of inspection because uh, you obviously need to get paid. You can't uh, every day wasted is um, money lost. So, and then based on that information, it, uh, we can then again ask uh, if there are any things that you would want to change about your current company. What would those be? So that links back in perhaps to the question of progression. Are they looking to leave within X amount of time? Um, then why are they looking to leave and you know what would you want to improve the training package would you want to improve um, the speed at which one progresses from uh, one level uh, one sort of position to the next position up in the chain uh, would you want um, a better manager would you want a flatter structure all of these things are possible and going in depth obviously the purpose of a registration uh, perhaps should have mentioned this up front, is obviously primarily to garner all of the information necessary to successfully present a candidate to a client. That is, at the, that is the level one aspect of 
of registration. The level two aspect of a registration is of course to find out all of the little potential speed bumps that may come up over the course of the process say oh you know are there any uh, skeletons in the closet that we need to uh, talk about now in order to be able to successfully negotiate um, our way through any processes as we move forward and then thirdly and probably most importantly once you've got the first two down um, is to establish rapport with the candidate now this can the, the <laughs> they're very much going to depend on the individual, very much going to be um, down to particular style, down to the way that uh, you can just have conversations normally. Um, this, I suppose, not really going to give that much of, a, of an indication, given the fact that we are just simply looking at the questions and looking at the, the information gathering aspects of it. But obviously, uh, you need to be somebody who the uh, candidate wants to talk to, someone who uh, has presented them with an interesting opportunity, someone who they're enthused to pick up the phone to in the future because they say, oh yeah, I remember Matt. He is somebody I really respect. He's somebody I enjoyed having a conversation with. He's somebody who understands me as an individual. He took the time to gain a full understanding of my situation, who I am, what I'm about, and what I'm looking for. And I really and truly believe that he will be somebody who will help me get my next position and that he has my best interests at heart. Perhaps a little bit difficult for uh, some to, you know, put that impression across because if, as for anyone who knows the process of recruitment, obviously we're all being incentivized in the background by uh, commission, by fees, by uh, that element of things. But at all times, it's important to understand and recognize that if you're not looking out for the candidate's best interests, uh, then they will eventually cotton on in all likelihood and uh, that is not a, a productive way to proceed matching somebody to uh, a job that you know they're not going to end up being correct for it's obviously uh, not advised at all you'll be doubtless wasting your own time as well as wasting the candidate's time and potentially the client's time if it comes to that so avoid at all costs, but that is a, a topic for another time. Let's get back to registration. So, um, changes to current company. Basically, the situation that they're in, the problems, like you say changes, but the, the code is problems, the, or perhaps it's, perhaps it's improvements um, that can be made to their current organization. Where are things, where, what are things that can be improved upon? What? are the areas in your current company that you're finding fault with. Not necessarily failings, not necessarily, oh, you know, they're not servicing uh, my needs in this particular area at all, but perhaps, you know, marginal improvements, but all the way it can be to, you know, they're completely not doing this, they're not training me at all. I'm gaining no additional knowledge. I don't believe I'm progressing as an individual within this company. Therefore, I need to move on to an organization that understands my uh, requirements and is able to give me the training that I'm looking for, as one example. So then another topic, so that's, you know, current situation, current company, that's all that covered off. So job satisfaction. Now this is something many, many candidates come back and say immediately, actually, after having been asked this question, what do you like about your job? Now that's a bit of a bland question, where you can take it another step deeper is to say, so 
why did you first get into this job? What dis what sparked your interest in the career that you've now found yourself in? And some people will say, you know, I fell into it. I did some Java development at university. It was a logical step. Others will happily go on a story where they let themselves run away with uh, an account of their history, an account of their enjoyment in uh, IT in this case. And IT is one of those exceptional careers where for many IT developers, those who truly enjoy it, and for many it's you know a puzzle-solving exercise, they come at it sort of from a big picture perspective. Someone says, here's a problem that I have, and they're saying, oh, well, uh, you know, here's the tools that I have available to fix that problem. Let's find out how we can fix it in the most elegant and, and the cleanest way possible. And uh, for many in IT, their job is their hobby, which uh, leads to some interesting conversations and leads to some impassioned discussions when uh, asked about why they initially got into it. And then, you know, what do you truly enjoy about your job on a regular basis? What is is sparking your interest? Why are you getting up every day to go and do development, be it Java development? Is there a particular area that interests you in your current career? What are you, what, what, what gets you up in the morning in essence? So obviously that's talking about the positives. Again, we want to constantly be looking towards the future. There's a reason they've taken this call with us, whether it's because we have an interesting opportunity we've initially presented to them, or whether it is because they are simply actively looking at the moment and they're just looking to see what we potentially can offer them. So if you were ever to move on within your current company, you've obviously mentioned the factors that you enjoy about your work as a whole not necessarily within the confines of this particular organization that you've left or you're currently at. But what aspects of your current company would you like to keep? Now this highlights elements to us. Sometimes people say, oh, none, I, I need to improve everything. Um, none of it was good enough. That well, it's, it's a rare occasion to be fair. But in terms of factors that they want to keep, they want to uh, maintain. So, oh, you know, at my previous em at my previous employer or my current employer, I have an unlimited training budget. That typically works out to be, you know, three thousand euros or three thousand pounds a year as an average spend. Some people manage more than that. Some people manage less. It all depends on how much free time you have. But I enjoy the flexibility of that. I was really able to maximize it and was at the top of the top end of those, excuse me, of those who uh, were using that unlimited training budget and uh, to move on to another organization that didn't have such a scheme in place uh, would leave me seriously out of pocket or alternatively, if I wasn't paying for the courses myself, would then massively slow my personal development and so I wouldn't be able to continue learning at the pace that I currently am. And then an even grander question, what is your dream role in terms of company, position, technology and progression? So company, again, they can be specific on that, they can be broad on that, they could say, oh, you know, I'd love to work for Google, I'd love to work for Facebook, I'd love to work for Credit Suisse, um, I'd love to work for any number of large brands, or alternatively they could say, I really want to work um, for an enterprise level organization. I really want to work for a startup. I enjoy the fast paced, um, uh, pushed, uh, 
nature of that kind of work and uh, those are the environments in which I thrive so I'm really looking for that kind of thing. Position. What's your dream position? As we already prefaced and uh, you know mentioned earlier, um, there's many different paths that being a you know sort of basic developer can end up taking you on various different avenues that you can explore. Uh, obviously, links into progression technology, extremely important. What you're going to be using every single day. So that'd be important in terms of its complexity, whether it's layered, whether you feel like in terms of the puzzle that you're being asked to solve by your clients is that a complex one is it one that you find challenging if you if you like simple work is it simple is it something that you can come in do every day if you have a particular style where you like to sit in um, a back room and code away for eight hours a day then clock off immediately then is that what you're looking for or alternatively are you looking for something which you know perhaps you spend a large amount of time strategizing about the best way to approach a particular problem and then a smaller percentage of your time is spent on the actual coding itself so what are you looking for in terms of uh, specific tools specific uh, technologies are you looking for the latest version of Java the latest version of angular the latest version of dotnet what are you looking for how can we best meet those requirements and what would you say is essential and what would you say is you know simply nice to have but by no means make or break where would you draw the line between I absolutely must be working with Java 8 or Java 9 in my current job otherwise I absolutely won't be able to join the company they'll be too far behind and I will as an individual not be developing at the rate at which I wish to in order to stay relevant in a current marketplace is that something that is a major factor for you as an individual and for you in your job search then taking another step away into uh, a more uh, information based and you know less personal and sort of uh, you know facts in essence where are you located where's you where are you so I'm in London at the moment as I mentioned um, often the candidates that we're talking to will be based um, throughout Europe uh, in which cities are you in uh, can you get to any other cities uh, do you mind staying away for the week do you um, have a particular method of travel which you can or can't use um, do you drive do you like to cycle um, what aspects of these are essential to you again and uh, and what can you live without and let's say we find you a dream job but you can't cycle to it you'd have to get the train or you'd have to travel an hour to the nearest city would that work for you where let's find some uh, some negotiating space as well and find out which things are make or break and uh, you know, deal with those accordingly when we are presenting you with any further opportunities that uh, we may find to be of interest or if you're actively looking and you've come to us um, opportunity you know providing you with a bit of a short list of, uh, of potential places that you could go for so uh, context as well you know how are you currently traveling to work uh, what distance is that are you happy are you, is it um, you know a must that the distance must decrease um, all of this information key in determining to exactly which organizations we can realistically send uh, any one individual do you have a family would they be able to relocate do you um, not want to move them because of their current uh, you've got children who are in school and it's an important time 
all of this information. Now, whilst it sounds like that's really sort of detail and really kind of granular pieces of information, maybe sometimes you say, "Oh, have you got a have you got a family? Um, you know, will we be be uprooting anyone if you were to make the move?" And they say, "Oh, no." Some people do say, "Oh, that's a little bit a little bit probing," and you say, "Oh, well, you know, don't mean to probe, but just wanted to know more if we were going to uh, cause any." you know, friction, any uh, <laughs> undue distress by potentially getting you a job that's two hours away. Wouldn't want you to, you know, lose out on the work-life balance um, if you want to see your children on a regular basis. Probably wouldn't word it quite like that because, you know, if they don't, then it makes them sound like a bad parent. So uh, <laughs> careful with the choice of words there, of course. Monologuing again, a little bit difficult. I'm sure I'll get used to it. So current package. Now, fundamentally, one of the most important questions package obviously being a breakdown of salary any bonus any pension insurance do you have a car allowance are you given a lease car are you given a laptop a phone any additional benefits is there any uh you know lunch vouchers that are provided in uh the benelux region for example tend to be pretty standard are they covering the cost of your travel all of this information uh, can be make or break and we don't want to find out this information at the end of the process we want to find out this information now so that we can use it when going forward to say okay mr client this is this candidate's current package he says he won't be moving on unless you're able to beat it you know is that something you're able to do because neither of us want to waste our time so full breakdown of current package Often one of the main motivators for people to move is an increase in salary, even if they say that it isn't. One of the common things we'll hear from candidates is, oh, it's it's not about the money, it's really about the opportunity, the work that I'm doing. And in some cases that is true. I would say in probably 50% of cases that is going to be true where they really do want to work on, on the cutting edge. But if you say, okay, yeah, so it's not about the money, you don't want me to uh, peg you down to a particular salary, okay, so um, you also potentially, they don't want to tell you their current salary. It is an important piece of information to get, not because you want to be able to work out the minimum possible that you could get, you could give them so that they could accept and have a pay rise, and not so that um, you can say, all right, well, you know, according to uh, the market and according to typical percentage increases to one's salary when moving from job to job, this is how much more you should be getting. It's not to do that. It's not to say, okay, these are the rules of moving between jobs and your value is predetermined based on your current salary. No, no, no. Your value is determined based on your performance in interviews and are asking if you don't want us to tell the client by all means we can simply tell them your salary expectations in fact in the majority of cases that is our preferred approach so that uh, we don't uh, ever mislead individuals if someone says look I'm currently on 2,000 euros a year but uh, I had to take a job out of uh, all of a sudden because um, uh, a family member of mine fell ill and I had to move back home um, I work I used to work in a large city, and now I work in a in a small in a small town that's nearby, so that I can look after my parents, um, or my uh, 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 an ill family member who has now recovered, and I, I I want to return to the the salary level that I was at previously. Telling somebody that you were on two thousand um, euros a month 
when previously you're on 4,000, you know, the, the context is constantly relevant. So finding out the ins and outs of people's situations and, uh, and relaying them appropriately, hugely important, especially in these areas. Um, but if somebody were to say to you, oh, I, I really don't want to tell you my current salary, if they, you know, obviously to an extent that rings uh, alarm bells if they then say, I'm looking for this much uh, salary and perhaps if that's above and beyond, you know, what they could reasonably expect within the market, it's best to be honest in these situations to say, I don't think that's going to be. I don't think that's going to be possible. We'll do everything that we can. Um, just so you know, uh, the candidate, the clients typically may, maybe would be expecting um, an individual such as yourself to be coming in a little bit lower than that. Presumably, you have some extreme confidence in your abilities. How can we best relay to the client or, or our customer that you are worth this much money? How can we translate uh, the number that we've given? To them, that you're that you're seeking into into uh, you know business value for them. How can we say this? This is why this candidate is worth this much money, and this is why you should pay it to them. That's going to be crucially important in uh, reasoning and uh, being able to to inform the client of uh, of the reasons as to you know, <laughs> I'm repeating myself. Informing the client of the reasons. Um, that you should be uh, getting the salary increase that you're after or, or perhaps it's not even an increase perhaps you're just telling us the salary um, because that's what you're looking for and uh, you don't want us to tell and one doesn't want to you know relay the information of their current salary because that's private information that's that's not also not a problem if that's you know how you wish to operate it's uh, we, it's something that we can work with and uh, it's something that as, as recruiters we uh, we deal with on a regular basis so I wouldn't worry too much if that is the uh, the opinion or the position that you choose to take but it does definitely help if uh, if you can provide us with the salary information even if you don't wish it to relay us, us to relay it to the client not a problem at all so then as we just mentioned expectations um, important to define them important to also define them in I mean once again it's a sliding scale isn't it so obviously if we can offer you your dream job if every single box is ticked apart from salary would you still say no that's an important question to ask an important question to gain clarity on. and it's not possible obviously to come up with every permutation every possible situation say oh you know what if they gave you a thousand euros less but they said that you could have an extra holiday day or something like that we can't go sit here and go through every single different scenario that is possible to come up but understanding a reasonable range of the client of the candidates expectations and what they would be looking for is important obviously for taking them forward in processes then of course there's matching them to a particular job so skills and experience now I in IT extremely relevant certain clients are going to be after certain technologies and sending them over individuals with no experience or little experience or just less experience than they're looking for in those tools and technologies is not going to be useful so we won't do a massively in-depth dive into various different IT tools and technologies but it is important to categorize their knowledge in and their depth of experience in each of those fields. What is your role within your current team? Often a relevant question. 
um, if it's not already implied by their job title, perhaps they're responsible for testing, perhaps they're responsible for um, initial development of code, perhaps they're responsible for um, uh, management of certain elements, perhaps they have lead responsibilities. Team size, how many individuals are you working with uh, on a daily basis, how many individuals are in your project as a whole, how many individuals are you communicating with, how many stakeholders are you reporting to, all this information, uh, whilst granular again, can definitely help in terms of being able to improve the pitchability of a candidate to a client. Processes and methodologies, again, particularly relevant in IT. Typically, we're looking at things like um, agile working, Scrum obviously being the important one in software development, um, but uh, occasionally we'll have a client who, say, looks for something like Six Sigma if they're particularly involved in any manufacturing processes, embedded or otherwise. Highest level of education. What particular achievements or awards do you have that you're proud of? So two different things obviously there. One, education, your background, what course did you do? Are you a doctor? Do you have a doctorate? Uh, very different things. Um, what's it in? Uh, why did you study that particular course? What was of interest to you? It um, can, co can obviously coincide with the question earlier on uh, indicating um, how they got into the particular field obviously don't want to repeat yourself if they've if they brought that up already um, then you're aware of that information oftentimes it's already displayed on their CV so if it is um, <laughs> you definitely obviously uh, don't want to um, give off the impression that you haven't read their CV in order to simply just have them tell you the information out loud um, that is often perceived quite negatively when someone says, well, have you even read my CV? That's uh, definitely something we want to avoid. Breaks rapport and damages uh, the initial relationship forming that we're looking to make sure is strong. So any particular achievements or awards that you're proud of? This is a rapport building question. It gets them to talk about uh, things that that may be of interest to the client and that they personally have found that uh, they've really enjoyed doing could be something I mean a, a ridiculous example not a ridiculous example many people have done it is climbing Everest um, it you one would be extremely proud of that I imagine um, so little things that uh, can show uh, it could be awards it could be demonstrations of fortitude of character any of that kind of stuff do you have any certifications uh, a bit more of a fact-based question it's going to vary again depending on the particular position that you're looking for going to uh, provide information uh, that is going to be uh, more relevant for some jobs than others so certifications are you Sun certified in Java for example do you have a Six Sigma certification in areas where it's relevant um, if you're a tester are you ISTQB certified. Um, I think I got that right. Um, and any other things that uh, you could highlight to me, Mr. Candidate, um, that a potential employer might be of interest, uh, that might be of interest to a potential employer. Apologies. Nationality. Now, this not necessarily always relevant. Some companies um, are able to sponsor visas, some companies. Um, 
don't require this question to be asked at all. So uh, again, tread cautiously. Um, obviously, you don't want to cause any offence, but uh, in some cases, we're going. Clients are going to be after a, a particular um, nationality of individual, just for uh, culture and um, and language speaking purposes. Um, and the ability to quickly integrate within certain environments um, often uh, extremely important that people uh, have familiarity with certain uh, ways of working and certain working styles. Um, visa status, obviously linking in a little bit there. Naturally, if uh, the companies are able to sponsor sponsor visas, then uh, you're, there's no problem there. Obviously, something that we want to get out of the way ahead of time. If a client is unable to uh, employ a worker with a certain type of visa, uh, we don't want to waste their time, we don't want to waste the client's time, and we don't want to waste our own time. And is there any documentation that I should have ahead of time uh, pertaining to that? Do you have a scan of your visa? Do you have a scan of any uh, relevant certifications um, pertaining to your nationality? And then languages, obviously linked to the, uh, the previous questions to an extent there. Um, what's your degree of fluency in Europe? There's the A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2 grading system. Um, or you could just ask them, you know, about one out of ten, what would you give you, uh, between one and ten, what would you give yourself? Um, how many years have you been speaking the language? Or lots of different ways that you can phrase that question uh, to gain a good understanding. C would you be able to interview in that particular language? Would you be able to talk to your colleagues about complex technical issues? Um, that are going to come up on a daily basis in that language. All questions that uh, are relevant for, I mean, you don't need to ask all of those by any means, but uh, asking some of them to cover off the bases is definitely going to be something that's extremely important. So, we're coming towards the end of uh, the questions that are typically more or less inescapable. Now, to get a bit more context about the individual and the processes they're involved in. Um, how long have you been considering new opportunities? Um, now for individuals who are out of work, that's presumably going to be as soon as they were aware that they were going to be out of work. Um, perhaps not then. Um, so it's in some ways information gathering to say, oh, you know, oh, you've been looking for work for six months. Uh, what have you found to be the issue? Have you been actively looking? Have you spent some time doing some training and certifications that uh, you've wanted to get out of the way for a while but were unable to? Um, did you go on holiday perhaps? Have you been traveling? It's not, you know, these things aren't a problem. Just explaining potential gaps that appear in CVs um, is important to do ahead of time rather than have um, time added to processes when, uh, when clients come back and say, oh, this is, uh, I just wanted to check uh, about this, uh, this gap before proceeding with uh, this particular candidate. And what was the reason for them um, being uh, out of work from uh, X date to Y date? And you say, oh, but we give them a perfectly valid reason and they perhaps they take two days to respond to you, but their response is, oh, thank you very much for the information, but we have filled the position. Um, we'll let you know if anything else comes up. So time kills all deals. <laughs> Didn't take long. Well, it did. I suppose it took about 39 minutes for us to get to, uh, to, get to that particular catchphrase. But uh, it comes up uh, because it's so relevant so often. 
So any other recruiters that they're currently working with, important primarily for your own understanding of like uh, presenting them to a client. If someone's you know uh, about to give, receive an offer, it's probably important context to be able to give to the client and say, you know, uh, you might want to move quickly. This is the time frame upon which this person's available. They've said that they're interested in your organization, but who knows for how long. Similarly, um, any other applications that they've made, uh, is their CV outstanding awaiting feedback? Obviously, if they're you know out of work and applying to uh, tens of different places, uh, becomes a little uh, of a, a bit of a tall order to answer uh, to give you a list of all of those. Um, but at the same time, important to be done because you don't want to present them to the same client twice because a you're wasting your time and b. Um, you're wasting the candidate's time as well and the client's time of course by them emailing you and saying oh no we've already got this profile but thank you anyway um, notice how much notice would you need to leave your current employer or how quickly could you start a new position given the fact that you're unemployed uh, how much notice would you need to make yourself available for interview uh, for a telephone call for a Skype call for a face-to-face -face interview uh, will you need to book travel um, will you need to take a day off work? Can you take a half day? All of these questions are important to get out, out, of, uh, out of the way ahead of time. Potentially, if we can line up your interview availability now, um, are there any days that you can't do in the coming weeks? Any days that we should say to the client, you can't interview on? Can we give specific dates at which you are available to interview because you already have holidays booked or you already have time off? Or anything like that to be getting that information ahead of time time kills all deals there it is again um, and having this information cutting uh, back and forth out of the process is uh, is extremely important specific companies so um, these aren't these are by no means essential questions um, and uh, oftentimes candidates um, this can just be more of an information gathering exercise more of a, a you know a, a, an exercise in understanding who they are and, and what they're looking for precisely um, by saying oh you know if you could pick a specific organization that you'd love to work for perhaps ties into the dream job scenario earlier on but if you could pick a specific organization perhaps that's not a dream perhaps it's you know uh, uh, a reasonable possibility based on where you live at the moment and uh, the circles in which you move um, which, which organizations would you be interested in uh, in hearing back from because you know we can potentially present you to those organizations perhaps we already work with them or perhaps we've worked with them in the past or perhaps we simply have their contact information and the ability to be able to reach out to them um, references again some people come back with the question, oh, you know, why, why do you need references at, at, at this point? To which you can respond, well, we're going to need, you, you will need references at some point in the process. Better to provide them now ahead of time when they can be used as tools to potentially secure you interviews and to secure you job offers rather than later on in the process when they're not adding any value other than as part of the the onboarding process once you've accepted an offer better to use them now as a weapon as a tool for 
making your way into a position where you then have the choice of being able to say oh you know this organization does look appealing or you know upon further inspection upon interviewing and upon uh, gaining the information I've decided I don't want this particular position but putting yourself in that position by providing those references ahead of time is going to give you the most power within the process to say yes or no to the client rather than them saying yes or no to you so then there's various other things that can be done at the end of the process here um, from a more um, recruitment based perspective um, from a more recruitment based perspective what does that even mean you can ask the candidate if you um, if they uh, if they're not working with any other recruiters or if they haven't stated that you know they're already uh, engaged in talks with specific individuals and have commitments to those individuals they can say you know if you wish to then we can employ something which is called working uh, on an exclusive basis you can work um, with just myself and in exchange I will provide you with a service um, that is above and beyond uh, what I would normally do um, naturally time invested um, by myself uh, due to the nature of how recruitment is paid out um, sometimes it's going to be lost time sometimes I will invest time into yourself and you be involved in, in other processes and this is just the reality of the situation now this is a, an area of conversation that needs to be threaded through carefully and, uh, and negotiated carefully for sure but if you um, judging from the prior and this is why it's best to sort of leave these conversations uh, to the end so that you know how best to uh, to sort of go into them armed with the information of who you're talking to um, you can say uh, if you'd be interested in working with me on an exclusive basis um, then that will increase my chances of being able to place you as an individual um, and therefore I am more incentivized to uh, go away and to invest a lot of time into yourself uh, with the assurance that um, that in the end my work will uh, achieve a result and we can both get what we want that's not to say that uh, you know you have to take one of the opportunities of which I present you with you can do it for um, X period of time say if we did it for a week two weeks and then if by the end you're not happy with um, any of the opportunities that you've been provided or not happy with the exclusive basis under which um, you're working you can stop. You can stop at any time. It's you're under no obligation. But just if you could give me your word, then that would be extremely beneficial uh, for the both of us. In uh, terms of, I would be able to have a higher level of confidence that you aren't going to be placed by another recruiter, and vice versa. I would then be able to happily provide you uh, with an increased service and uh, actively go around to various candidates, uh, various clients that I perhaps wouldn't normally reach out to and uh, tell them about uh, uh, who you are and what exactly it is you're looking for. But again, some people, if they're under time constraints, they want to put themselves in as many processes as possible because they need to get back into work. It's not gonna be possible for everyone. It's not gonna be doable for everyone. That's completely understandable. Finally, a little bit of BD. If they've mentioned that they're in any pre any other processes, um, you know it is pertinent to get that information 
assuming you're not already working with those companies yourselves, you could say, oh, you know, currently in some processes, let's make sure that we don't send you to any places that you, uh, that you have already uh, been submitted to or start talking to you about organizations that you're already in the process with, waste your time by saying, oh, I've got this excellent company, they're this, this, and this, um, they are an excellent consulting organization, this many employees, they're called um, HP Enterprises, DXC as it now is. Um, and they say, oh, no, I've, I've already been submitted to DXC. You say, oh, okay, I just wasted, you know, a minute pitching you that organization. Um, so best to get that out of the way ahead of time. In addition, that's going to prevent you from uh, sending, um, prevent you from uh, representing um, a profile to an organization that has already had it. So important information uh, to disclose up front. So that was a very broad and well granular at times but <laughs> I'm going to use granular a lot apparently um, uh, look at registrations and uh, look at how we can have this initial conversation with candidates and the important information to get out of the way ahead of time so uh, with this newly gathered information we can then present candidates to clients and start moving them forward hopefully to interviews and on to uh, finding them a new job. So, that'll wrap up. I've been Matthew Pope. Thank you very much for joining me on the Young Recruiter Podcast. I aim to try and do this on a weekly basis. Perhaps it will be possible. Perhaps it, No, no. I'm going to commit to it. We're going to do it on a weekly basis. Perhaps we'll move through the process with a particular candidate in mind. The next logical step, perhaps, presenting them to the client, how we're going to do that, how we're going to sell in to the client and, and the information that we're going to impart and how we're going to present that information and then how we're going to follow up with them to discuss further. This has been the Young Recruiter Podcast. I've been Matthew Pope. Thanks very much and catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for your vote of confidence. Done and done.